Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Bucks unveil their new uniforms, except for the all pewter color rush version. They look a lot like their old uniforms from the glory days. No cream sickles. Those will have to wait. We'll discuss what they settled on and what will sports look like in the United States this summer or even next fall. Is Major League Baseball going to play its season in Arizona without fans? Is the NBA or the NHL going to play again at all? And what will the NFL do? Does NFL stand for the No Fan League as well? We'll discuss all that and more with Tom Jones, my former radio partner and longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now of the Pointer Institute on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnicks. Hey, folks, uh, we would really love your support right now of local journalism. Um, if you like all the Bucks and the t- Tom Brady coverage, we've got a really special deal for you. Sign up now for our digital subscription to the Tampa Bay Times for just $3 for the next three months. That's right, $3, and then seven fifty a month after that. The code word, well, it's pretty easy, TB12. That's right, just use code word TB12, and you get the Times on TampaBay.com for $3, for the next three months. You just can't beat that deal. All right, Steve. So the long-awaited uh, national nightmare, I guess, is over. And uh, not talking about uh, coronavirus, unfortunately. I wish that were the case. But uh, for so long, people have been uh, all about, you know, changing the Bucks uniforms and didn't like the digital numbers on, on the uh, digital clock numbers on the uniforms, didn't like the, necessarily what they had done to them um, in other areas of sleeves and different things. So finally... They unveiled them uh, on, I guess it was Tuesday at 1 o'clock, where the social media rolled out some video of the guys we knew would be modeling them, Devin White, Levante David, and Chris Godwin. And uh, I must say, they, they were about what I expected. I mean, I think that uh, you know they went back to the traditional sort of block uh, numbers, if you will. It looks a lot like the, the Super Bowl era. Uh, there are some, some modifications here or there. Uh, the biggest change is the color rush, which is just uh, the, the you know fully pewter uniforms, which is pretty sharp, to be honest with you. They're going to wear those at least three times uh, next season, assuming they have a full a full year. But uh, yeah, just really you know kind of a little. I mean, most people liked them; they're clean. I think the players really liked them, uh, the ones that I talked to anyway. Um, but you know, again, I think there's a longing for the creamsicles, which is not not going to happen at least until they change the helmet rule. Yeah, and that can be what next year we think that next it's possible year, they can mm-hmm. have an alternate helmet. Right now with concussions, you have to wear the yeah. same helmet all season long. You can't switch right. helmets. So that's you can't go back to the white helmet now and then with, you know, you mm-hmm. can change decals on a helmet, but you can't change the helmet itself. So That's right. The pewter uniforms looked a lot better than I was anticipating. Yeah, they were like, kind of cool, I thought. Like I mean, I, I you know, we'd heard that maybe there was going to be a color rush pewter and you're you're picturing it in your mind. Mm-hmm. They're they're a lot they're a lot sharper than I was anticipating with being yeah. all pewter tops and bottoms. Um, right, I was not expecting them to look as good as they do. Well, if you remember, like when when these uh, uniforms were rolled out, you know, back in what nineteen ninety seven, I guess it was. Um, the pewter was actually more of a brownish uh, pewter, if mm-hmm. you will. It was more, it was much 
less less silvery, if you were, or less gray, I suppose you would say. Now they've kind of settled on sort of a gray, a grayer tone of pewter, mm-hmm. um, which looks nicer, I think. And the one thing they couldn't do, like I talked to uh, the Bucks about this a little bit, is that you know Nike did their uniforms, and and always in the past. You know, the pants had like a sheen on them. You see that in Detroit, you know, uh, San Francisco. There's usually a little bit of a of a sheen, if you will, or a, a sort of reflective type um, material. But they couldn't do that with Nike this year uh, for whatever reason. And so it's a little flatter color. It's a little flatter gray color. Um, the other uniforms, I think, are, are extremely nice. I think they're just really clean, traditional. Mm-hmm. Again, um, you know, the orange stripe, which is the – sort of the ode to the orange uniforms back in the day. But the block letters, our numbers uh, look really good. The font looks better. And, uh, and and I think it's something that the that the players, you know, liked putting on. I mean, there's only like two guys on this football team that ever wore something similar to that when, um, you know, back in the day, Levante David being one of them. And then they switched on 2014, you know, to the alarm clock numbers and whatnot. But uh, these are good uniforms. I mean, I you know, I, I it was a lot of hype, right? Um, but I think they made the changes for the better. And you know, I, again, and John Romano wrote this column. I, I it's not, it's not so much the uniforms as who's in them, right? When you, it's the names mm-hmm. that they stitch on the back of those uniforms, like Brady, <laughs> you know, and uh, uh, that sort of thing that's going to make the difference in the season. But uh, I'll say this, I think everybody's going to buy that pewter uniform. I think everybody's going to buy a shirt that says Brady on it in that pewter color. I really do. Yeah, I think that's going to be the most popular one. Because, I mean, look, a lot of a lot of Bucks fans are going to have the old red or white ones from, what, six Absolutely. years ago when they did it. So, mm-hmm. obviously, most of those players aren't around anymore unless you got a Levante sure. David one. But, yeah, I, right. think, I think the pewter one, it looks different than anything else in the NFL. I'm trying to think of mm-hmm. another uniform that it looks like. Well, Detroit has you know Detroit has a great uh, an all gray color rush. Yeah, but it's a very different gray. I mean, that's a but it's more of a yeah, it's more of a lighter gray, and and they have the you know the light blue numbers on it. That's about as close as I can think of of anything that's quite like what the Bucks are doing. And with their helmets, they look really good. They did some modifications on the helmets. You know, I I like the chrome face mask myself. Now they went to black face masks which seems minor in, in comparison, but it does change the look of things. The reason they did it was they, they have a brighter red color um, in, in terms of the jersey and the numbers. Mm-hmm. It's a brighter red, and so they just thought black looked better with that, and that's that's more the traditional color that they had you know, back in the championship days. I think the black look, looks better with the all-chrome uniform. You know, the, the, yeah, uh, the exactly. Pewter, the pewter uniform, sorry. Exactly, um, absolutely. I, I think that black stands contrast. out more with that, yeah, more contrast. So, Yeah, you needed something like that, and, it, and you know, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you know, this team is searching for anything, right, to to hold on to. Of course, Brady will be the biggest reason I think that there's a change probably in 2020 if and when they get started. But I I also think that when you go that many years without sniffing the playoffs, what, like a 3-5 something uh, winning percentage over the last few years, it's been like the worst, we said this the other night, it's been like the worst decade of Buccaneer football, and that's saying something, right? No playoff appearances. So when you when you add all that together, and um, you know you have a chance to to sort of you know bring bring what's old, make it new again, um, and, and then plus the color rush, I think it's I think it was a it was well done effort um, by those guys over there at uh, you know with the Bucks. They didn't try to reinvent the pewter and and red per se. It wasn't really broken. It just they had kind of screwed it up with the numbers and some things. 
I thought the last time, but uh, you know, one day we will see. The Bucks have said that we're definitely going to have those games, throwback games with the with the cream sickles and you know, and the the stiletto chewing pirate and the whole thing. If and when uh, the NFL says we can use more than one helmet, and technology is getting to the point where you you know you could probably do that now uh, with relative safety because they can they can fit these things so well. So we're not far away from that, but uh, but yeah, you know, in another way for the Bucks to kind of stay in the news, right? Another way for them to sort of stay relevant. Um, tomorrow, mm-hmm. Tom Brady will be, uh, or later today, actually, Tom Brady will be on Sirius Radio with Howard Stern. And Howard Stern has interviewed a lot, a lot of people even more famous than Tom Brady. I think I saw, a, a, I think it was on Levitard, and he had uh, some quotes about how a lot more people are expecting more, uh, more things than he is from this interview. But We'll see if Tom uh, Tom's op- Tom opens up a little bit more than he than he has. He's pretty pretty well guarded, but uh, that's something to look forward to. And then on Thursday, Jason Light is going to have his conference call with the reporters that cover the team and uh, talk about the NFL draft, which is just two weeks away from tomorrow. If you can believe that, the NFL draft around the corner is going to be a virtual draft. I saw where guys like John Harbaugh are now kind of worried that you know what if other teams, <clears throat> the Patriots. What if other teams are able to hack in to their Zoom meetings and things like that? But they're worried about the Astros. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, I mean, with, with every, every change brings opportunity, right? If you're not cheating, you're not trying. But mm-hmm. um, I, I just, you know, I just think that's kind of funny. But we're going to have code words on your own draft Zoom conference <laughs> right. calls so that, you know, you're speaking in code. Operation Shoeless Joe Jackson on the conference there you calls. Go. Well, we know the Bucks <laughs> got that down with John spy tech yes. um he'll have lots of co-words for players that they're going to draft for sure but um should be interesting though we'll be different i i'm sure we'll we'll be watching as journalists from home the way the rest of you guys are and, and watching them from their homes um i think i saw where somebody said it was unfair that uh jerry jones and his son get to be in the same place because most most everybody is separated <laughs> right by families I well, really believe. Come I, over here, son. You brought up the journalists watching it and stuff. I wonder if the and you know, a lot of the you know, the Schefters and that don't break the news anymore. They've they've agreed not to until it's televised on television. But yeah. some of the guys that aren't with ESPN or NFL Network that are always breaking ahead of time who the pick is. I wonder if that's going to happen this year because it's not the same setup. It's not the reporters yeah. aren't in the building at you know yeah, wherever the draft you know at one buck place here or you know wherever. Um, they're yeah. in the middle of a conference call using their phones and computers for that as they're coordinating right. everything because they're all at home. I'd be curious mm-hmm. if, if if picks leak out ahead of time or if actually the pick is what is announced and that's when everyone finds out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that will work. I mean, they, there's always the chance, and uh, this has happened before, that uh, you know the team makes the pick and in, in the time that it takes them to hand mm-hmm. it into the commissioner and he calls it, they'll let a writer know or an agent will let a writer know mm-hmm. or something that – you know, my guy's going to go right here. And oftentimes, you know it anyway because you see the camera in the green room. Of course, this time there is no green room. So it'll be interesting, you know, how many of these players are they going to have on Skype? I think they want to have a virtual sort of uh, invitation, you know, draft. Um, they want to make sure they have cameras or, you know, at least Zoom on some of these guys. And that'll it'll just be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see how they pull it off. And they're going to – I think they're going to try to raise money as well. I think I read in Peter King's column that maybe the ESPN and the NFL Network will combine – for the coverage, they're they're sort of rivals, I guess. One is owned by the NFL, the other is an NFL partner. Um, but they're going to do some things uh, in 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 conjunction with each other, and you know, raise some money for um, uh, you know for the treatment and and the people that are suffering from 
uh, COVID-19, certainly the unemployment and all that. So, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll, I think it'll be fun. I, I like different things and I, you don't quite know what to expect when there's an element of that. You wonder if a team will, uh, you know, be slow uh, or has what if you have some IT problems like I, I mean, anything's possible, right? Um, you, you could end up passing on your pick if you can't get it in. But what happens when one team, somebody, you know, complains that the Internet in their area went out and they couldn't get their pick? Well, in or yeah. something, you know. Well, and how about sabotage? Hmm? Well, that too, but I, you know, I was just saying that you know, yeah. your uh, internet provider crashes. That's what I mean, though. Get you know, you get a guy outside Jason Light's house with you know, <laughs> like I hope he has satellite. But if it's if it's a if it's a, if it's you know a cable, I mean, those things, those things tend to tend to uh, split in half. But yeah. no, I mean, when I, you're at when you're at your facilities, you've got probably got backups into there for internet and all that stuff. That's but right. At your homes, you don't necessarily. No, that's true, and you've you've had you got backups upon backups just to do this podcast. So imagine, imagine having the fate of your entire yeah. franchise. Yeah, but, but I do that stuff from my house every day. That's not you know. So I'm I'm built exactly. For Jason Light doesn't do this stuff from his house every day. Right, he can't repair. John Spitek doesn't. You know, they none of them yeah. are doing this every day. I mean, look, I I did a Zoom. We did a Zoom interview with uh, Levante David on Tuesday, and I had not been on the Zoom app with with all those people and. Wanted to make sure I could ask a question and wanted to make sure the mic worked. And, and you know, you got to go through it a few times to kind of figure out that you're pushing all the right buttons in the right order. So, um, yeah, there'll be some, I think there'll be some glitches. I hope everybody gets their picks in, but we don't know. So between the uniforms and, uh, of course, got the draft coming up. Like I said, it's a busy week. Uh, the Bucks are continuing on. The NFL is going to continue on. More talk about Major League Baseball on Tuesday playing their season in Arizona. We talked about that, or we will talk about that here in just a minute. But, uh, you know, these these leagues now are uh, are starting to anticipate, starting to wake up a little bit and say, well, maybe by May, uh, who knows, we can, uh, you know, maybe try to, to, to restart our seasons. And you don't know what the NBA or the NHL is going to do. So, um, you know, all that is slowly um, starting to, to build into, into bigger discussions. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, Tom Jones, my former radio partner of the Pointer Institute, longtime columnist for the Tampa Bay Times, joins us now. Tom, uh, the world has changed, of course, with the coronavirus and the pandemic that's going on, and therefore there are no sports. We hope there's going to be life as we know it, which would include professional sports, and of course there are a lot more important things than that. But as we get back to some semblance of normalcy here uh, in the future, and again, no one has a crystal ball with this, but what might it all look like? I mean, uh, you know, we, we have interrupted seasons right now with the NBA, which was close to their playoff time. The NHL, I think the Lightning would have played their last game a couple days ago um, in the regular season. And, and then, you know, you have Major League Baseball, which never got a chance after the, towards the end of spring training to begin their season that was actually supposed to start at the end of March. So here we are, and the longest runway is the NFL, and I got my thoughts about that. Um, but in general, I mean, 
can you can you let's start with the seasons that haven't finished, right? Do you see a a a tournament, a postseason for whether it's the NBA or the NHL uh, to start with? You know, I mean, let, let's let's like do the disclaimer right from the start that we have no idea, you know, how long this is going to last in terms of sure. you know flattening the curve and how many, right. you know, how many new cases are going to be and testing right. and vaccines and all that sort of thing. But let's right. let's just say just for, for the sake of this conversation that that we start to see some semblance of normalcy by June 1st just okay. in terms of okay now the country maybe starts we, to come back and start to come back maybe open up you can go yeah. you can go out more there's there's less of a concern about going to restaurants or whatever let's just again let's just use June, June 1st we have no idea it okay. could be before that it could be 6 months after that who knows right right but for that Rick I, my sense is there's so much at stake for these sports leagues to try to get things done. But for me, if you're, if you're, if you are the NBA and you're the NHL, the only way that I continue with this season, 2019, 2020 is I make darn sure that everything that I do is over by September 1st, because if I have to go up against the national football league, I got no chance. No one cares. Once football starts, Rick, you cover football, you know this. And look, I'm a baseball hockey guy. I'm telling you, once football starts, that's that that would be just I think impossible to try to draw ratings. No one's going to watch. Mean, although the and, World Series is played in October, yeah, and, right? And, and the NFL kills it in terms of yeah, you know ratings. ratings. Now they do, yeah. I get it, like the NFL, they they don't play every day. You know, you got a game. A Thursday game, Sunday, a Sunday Thursday, game, and a Monday, Monday Sunday night. Yeah. Now, could you play NBA games? What about you know Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? And there could be such a an appetite for these sports because we're mm. going to have gone you know twelve weeks or whatever without it that yeah. that people will be willing to stay up till two in the morning to watch games. Um, right. That's possible, but I think if they do do it, Rick, I think initially we're going to see games with no fans. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know if everybody will be in one location. Or a couple locations, or if if we'll just um, you know like we'll just all the NBA teams go to California, and you'll play a couple mm-hmm. nights in LA and one night in Sacramento and one night in San Francisco and another night in San Diego and just, or maybe you just maybe you just do like they do in the summer league. It's just all in Las Vegas. Or yeah, just go to Vegas and play. You can play games around the clock. Um, but a couple of things are going to have to happen, Rick. When I, as far as that goes, is clearly we're going to have to be. To the point where, if we are testing, then I don't think I don't think we're gonna. You and I talked about this the other day, just you and you and I on the phone. Um, I think it's bad optics if you start testing NBA players like, like for every game, and regular citizens don't have access to testing. I think that will mm. look bad. I don't know if you can do that, but look, there's so much at stake here, and it is important. I think for the country. When we do get start to get back to normal, to have sports psychologically, it's very psychologically, important. it's a big yeah. deal, right? And so I think the and it, the that the, these teams, the sports leagues, the NHL, the N, particularly the NBA and the NFL and baseball, will try to push it. And in order to push it, I think the first step would be let's try it without fans first, and then go from there. What do you think? And and, and let's let's be honest uh, up front that these are businesses, right? And there's a lot of businesses that are suffering. A lot of people have been furloughed. Certainly, our industry, and you can get into this in a minute, has been decimated, right, by the lack of advertisers and and people unemployed and and, and people out of business, small businesses, et cetera. 
Um, but the business of professional sports and college sports for that matter revolves around one thing. It's television. It's not fans who they are more than welcome to, you know, have in their stadiums and their arenas for exorbitant prices that they then, um, most of the time, you know, keep per franchise or, um, if there's a revenue share, it's usually not a big split as far as the gate goes, but they have contracts that, you know, pay for their leagues it pays their player cost and then some right they're sure they're designated gross revenues and many leagues are split at various um, percentages the nfl is probably the closest to 50 50 but they're partners with the players and the money comes from tv so that's why at all costs because the only clock the only way that they run their business is if they're on television if there's and there's a, you know clauses in these contracts it's like the apocalypse clause if something like this a hundred year pandemic or something else would were to happen that would interrupt play, that's the only circumstance that the networks would not have to pay these sports leagues. And then they have no money for that year. So I'm with you. Now, the NBA has played their season, or most of it. So has the NHL. So now we're talking about postseason. But let's just get back to the whole testing thing. And you're right. We don't know a damn thing about where we are in terms of producing tests. But I think you know the NFL PA lawyer, somebody said recently that for the NFL to play, they would absolutely have to be in real time able to test, right? right? And and they're talking about manufacturing these tests where you get a result within 15 minutes. And um, the reason why you'd have to test everybody is that we know that there are some people that have this virus that are asymptomatic. They don't sure. show any signs at all. They don't run a fever, nothing. But you have to know if they could then pass that on to somebody. Um, so everybody would have to be tested. And when I say everybody, not just your players, not just your coaches or your managers, but every equipment guy, right? Every mm-hmm. traveling secretary, everybody that's part of the organization the that has to be the officials who, who referee the games. That's correct. So in essence, everybody who's on that field or in that clubhouse has to be cleared uh, and, and be virus-free. Whether and, and, and we're assuming that they don't develop a vaccine before November or December or a prophylactic, something you could take in advance of that to, to lessen... Or, or eliminate the chance of you getting it. Um, so to do that, you need to create whatever league we're talking about, to your point, you need to create a sterile environment. In other words, you need to pretty much keep the whole league, right, separate from the general population. And here's the thing, Rick. I mean, do you, are you, are you t- how often are you testing? So like, obviously NFL teams are going to practice. Pretty damn, like, like almost say Major daily. League Baseball, it's got to be like a daily, pinprick right? test. Because if you don't, I mean, if you're getting ready to play, say, an NFL game. Say you're getting ready to play a game and you test guys right before the game and somebody comes back as positive, but he's been practicing for three days. He's potentially infected the whole team if I haven't so tested him in now the last Now so. what do you do? Now do you, does that game forfeit it? Like, well, you can't put him on the field against another team. No, and I'm not sure you can put big, your team out there at that point. That's what I'm saying because yeah. you, he could have then exposed, you know, he could have been asymptomatic. And been around other players, and you could have 20, 14 players that have been exposed to coronavirus. You can't then put them on a field against another team. That's what I mean. I mean, this thing, for this to work, really work, it's one thing to say we're going to go into a part of the country, we're going to put them in a hotel, we're going to build a fence around them. They're only going to play against each other, like a family, like an extended large family, um, as we're all sitting here, you know, self isolating. But it's another thing to say, we have to do this every day because one player has coronavirus and even if he has no symptoms and is around 14 or 25 or 50 other guys, 
you got a you got a problem on your hand. Which team now can't play this week? You know which right. players. And then what's that do? And obviously that now destroys you, now your you, league. Right, your competitive it destroys balance your league. is it, gone. Right, because yeah. now you have if somebody tests positive, now, now you're talking about okay, that entire team has to be quarantined. That's for correct. Fourteen days, and so they're done. They're eliminated. They can't play. You can't play a tournament. You can't play a season. And that's what the difficulty of this is really going to be. I get like with Major League Baseball, we talked to Versnick, uh, Steve Versnick about this is that they're talking now, and I think you said you saw a story as we're doing this podcast, about the possibility of Major League Baseball playing their entire season in Arizona. Right. Which is weird, right? Right. I mean, you play, like, pick a couple of stadiums or three or four stadiums. They have all those Cactus League, great Cactus League stadiums out there, Cactus League, and they're all within Scottsdale, Right. Right, I mean, they're all with just like in a pretty, pretty tight circle. Twenty minutes of each other, yeah. And and you could play, yeah, you, know, you could play three games a day. I mean, you yeah. could play a game at in One the same stadium. I mean, seven, a game, yeah, a game at, at ten, One and a game at, at two or three, and another yeah. game at seven or eight. Um, or and go to eleven, play at eleven. Yeah, that's why Rick. Though we just talked about this now, and and again, nobody knows what this is going to look like, but I'm starting to think more and more that if you just can't do it the way we've always done it, then I don't know that you can do it. Maybe I mean. At some well, point, they're motivated to do it for well, the money we just for the talked money. about. I mean, yeah, you're talking about billions of dollars. That but like, I mean, like, like I, you know, the NBA has played their season, and I don't know what the the playoff cut of that is from a television standpoint. Obviously, that's your highest ratings, right? But sure, they did play a whole, pretty much a whole season. So did the NHL. But baseball is a regional sport. They have right. regional television contracts, right? Right. Correct. So how do you fulfill those if you're not on TV? And, yeah, it's one thing to say, well, we're not going to let any fans and we're going to make it a TV sport, which would be weird, right, just watching. So let me ask you about that just real quick. Let's take, like, a quick detour there. Yeah. And, again, look, I hope people realize that we're talking. Enough of the disclaimers. They know that we – you're Nostradamus, but when it comes to pandemics, I don't call you. We're not trying to say that this is a serious problem because it's not. It's it's not. It's sports. sports That's what we do. Yeah. And believe me, people are interested in this because their lives – yeah. Our livelihoods and their lives are, are, you know, tied to sports. Exactly. So would it be weird to watch sports with no fans? I'm not even sure I would enjoy it, to be honest. You go to any Rays games? No. Bum, bum, bum. The, <laughs> that was the easy one. I know. It was just it was just sitting there it's on perfect. the Perfect. I threw you a change up and you hit it. <laughs> Somebody banged on a garbage can as it's, I was throwing it and you hit the crap right. out of it. So, think- but if, it, if it's, I mean, I don't even know that it would be fun. To watch games with no fans, where it's just like it's like watching an American they, what if they, game. What if they? What if they? What if they did really tight shots where you couldn't really see the crowd except when the ball was hit, perhaps? Um, and then they pumped in, and, hey, better, 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 swing. <laughs> you ever listen to it like? And not to pick on USF, but because every college baseball. Do you ever, do you ever like get in your car and like flip around and you come across college a, US, a college baseball game? Like Jay Retcher calling it? Well, they, yeah, and, and again, yeah, I'm not time. like the, I'm, this is, I'm not picking on USF because this is pretty much every college. I like the echoes of baseball, but I you always, hit the uh, fall, like you hear the fall by oh, fall back out of plane. You hear it, you hear it, you hear it in the right. metal bleachers and well, it's just like it goes back to Bull Durham again, right? It was a <laughs> yeah, you like, got a guy on base and here comes a pitch and he clicks it <laughs> back to <together>. guys. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, I'm good with that. And you get a guy who goes, uh, get your popcorn. <laughs> popcorn. Beer, you beer, I mean? beer, beer, beer. No, I get that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just think it would be. Occasionally I, just... you hear that. 
I think now, we could do one right now. Now you know what? I, you know what would be fun? What would be really fun? Now we'd have to put a disclaimer on it, and we have to put it on HBO or something. Is let's just go ahead and mic up the players, and let's 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 absolutely hear what, let's hear what they have to say. Absolutely, some and trash talking going turn on. Turn loose, fellas. Whatever you want to say. Whatever you That's want right. to say. Bleeps included. We could yeah. care less. I've always thought I mean, that would be a good it. idea for the NHL period. Because like, let me I'm, ask you this question: Do you think baseball is good on radio? Uh yeah, yeah, I do. Okay, so this is radio with with a picture. Right, but you but don't you you hear the crowd still? You hear like well, you, but you don't really. You I mean, board. you do you do kind of hear. You know, we yeah. can still get somebody to do that. But what I mean is, like, if you're like the great radio announcers, right? They paint a picture for you anyway. This time you have a picture. Maybe they don't talk as much. But I still like baseball, whether I can see the crowd or not, is my point. Like, if I'm Vin Scully, like, Vin Scully could paint you the picture, right? So, I, I don't, I never thought about, even though you could hear the Dodger crowd, but it really, unless there's something going on in baseball, like a home run or something like that. Right. Yeah, they don't really hear the crowd. Yeah, I mean, you could make the argument, too. You can make the argument, too, that, like, a lot of times people watch games, like I've watched games in bars, and you don't even hear the sound. You can't even see it, but you're watching it. You can't right. hear the crowd at all. Right. You know, but I'll listen to the announcement. I mean, you know, if, if he's good and he's like, and Madison Bumgardner, his his wife, right. saw a rattlesnake and they chopped the rattlesnake and a rabbit came out. There's a strike one and one. So anyway, and he just paints the picture. I, I'd, I'd listen to that all day and watch the TV. What, now, do care. you think the athlete's performance will be affected by yes, lack of a crowd? I do. I, I do. Well, they play baseball. Okay. So, the, the, I mean, you compete. Or any sport, football or. Yeah, I, I mean, to the degree that you wouldn't have the momentum type, you know, fan base building excitement. I think they're they're entertainers, right? So, is your performance of Hamilton as good if you do it in an empty arena, or if you know there's people that after every act they're going to go nuts and it gets you all pumped up? I think adrenaline's a big part of professional sports, and we know sure. this because we've seen we've seen crowds, you know, get. We saw the Rays last year. I think games. Uh, Three and four last year, absolutely carried the Rays to those wins. I think they felt that. I think they wanted to feel that again this year. That's the sad thing, right? They're performers. They're entertainers. They want to. They want to play in front of a crowd, but they're also baseball players. And so you're supposed to block out the crowd when you you know when you got a guy that throws 106 miles an hour and might break a slider off on top of you. You better not be thinking about who's behind over third base cheering for you. You know right. what I mean? Like they're they're supposed to be hyper focused anyway. They're competitors, so they would adjust. I think. I mean, do you, they all, they all do you, came up in the minor leagues, you know. Do you, true, true. Do you think that when sports does get back to normal, when say two years from now, three years from mm-hmm. now, will sports look like it did? No, no, it it won't. It won't. And I'll I'll just take the 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 NFL, which has the longest runway right to the season. Right. Um, and here's what I think is Peter King. Here's what I think I think. I think the NFL, they're going to play. Uh, they're going to have a virtual offseason, mini camps and OTAs. There's not going to be any. It's going to be over, you know, Tom Brady's uh, computer or whatever. So then they're going to, when they get to training camp, whenever that is, there won't be any fans involved. You won't be going out to Spectrum's, you know, whatever health center, whatever the heck it's called, Advent Health, and, and seeing – Tom Brady throwing the ball around at the old one buck place. It's not going to happen because you can't have fans there. Again, isolation, testing, right? And and for football, buddy, you're talking about 90 players 
30 or 40 coaches, equipment staff, support staff, right? It's, it's 200 easy. Front office. I mean, it's there's 150 people in that organization, especially during training camp, that are around those players. So it's a, it's a And that doesn't include the media. Right. And I don't know that we will be included. Then, from what I understand, I would not anticipate a preseason game. Why would you want them anyway, right? You're not going to have fans around. Again, you want to keep these guys and have as many weeks as you can not having them exposed to anybody but each other who are then tested somehow daily. They're going to have to come up with some some daily test or pinprick test or whatever. Um, and then their plan, I think, is to play with fans for the regular season. Um, now, how many? I don't know. Going forward, now, and, and, and you know, Peter King wrote about this in his column that when the schedule comes out May 9th, it's, it's probably going to be constructed in this manner that if they have to, they can lop off two games, which means they probably wouldn't be division games early um, because you can't lop off one, right? That creates a competitive disadvantage. And most likely, the first four games will be every team will have home and away, home and away in some fashion, right? Because you could lop off two and play 14 that year. Right. You could lop off two more and play 12 games, right? But you kind of want to keep the Super Bowl where it is because there's so much planning, right? And the Super Bowl's here in Tampa and all the hotels and stuff. The, your bigger question about what will sports look like? I think this is going to change us the way nine one one change air travel. Yeah, you told, and I mean, you as, and I talked about this on a podcast about like taking temperatures yeah. before games. Well, and, I think that, and I also think this that the days of seventy thousand, forty five thousand people sitting shoulder to shoulder, I think it's over. I do. I, I think what you're going to see is is really small stadiums, like the Rays were talking about having a smaller stadium. I think what's going to happen, especially in the NFL, is that you're going to see the regular fan priced out in this sense. What you can do to separate people is what? Sky suites, club right. seats, lounges, right? Families, groups of people, uh, companies, you know what I mean? Right. Where you're not mingling with the, the wall next to you or the glass panel, Right. And you got your own little booth and your own. That's what I think stadiums are going to become. I think they're going to become boxes, you know, uh, lots of amenities, really expensive tickets. Yeah, oh, we've, by the ar- way, we've already seen. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Finish. It. I was just going to say, for those, the, for those, the rest of the, of the people that have to watch at home, you'll be paying to do that. See, that's an interesting point, and I thought, and I thought that's where you might be headed because I think we've already seen stadiums are getting smaller and smaller, at least in terms of like baseball they and are. and um, the NFL, right? And the NFL, and look, we've talked about this before that Jerry Jones, Jerry World, this is an incredible mm-hmm. stadium, mm-hmm. and the plan wasn't all along. It's like Jerry Jerry Jones wants a stadium that's better than the Georgia Dome. Jerry Jones wants a stadium that you have to go to that's better than your man cave. You know, that that's, that's who correct. he's competing against. He's competing against right. the home a guy experience. staying home. Right. The home experience. Yeah. Exactly. Because why would I go to a game right. when I can sit at home when the beer's free? I can see know, it better. I, I got see it better. There's no line in the bathroom. Yeah. Right. And if the game stinks, I can turn to another game. There's a line in my bathroom. But anyway, that's I got three <laughs> girls in the house. You know what? Okay, we're going to tell – well, I'm going to tell a story about the Strauss. Ah, oh, here we go. We'll get into that later. But it's I, – I think you're right. I do think we're going to see um, – a shifting in terms of the way owners are, but I don't the know that business the business of sports is going to be different, and therefore the fans will be different. Do you think we're just thinking that because it's hard to see the other side of this? I mean, don't no. you think there's a chance that once people are able to like get out again, that 
you know, come come Christmas time, the bars are going to be packed and the restaurants are going to be packed. I don't know, Tom. And- you know, the thing, and I, I and we have a uh, we have a doctor in in you know in the neighborhood and stuff. I don't probably shouldn't say her name, but um, you know, fortunately, at least in where I live up here in Lutz, we don't have a lot of cases. I don't think of coronavirus. Um, I think there were five in my zip code, if I'm not mistaken. And I don't know how many they have in ICU up here at St. Joe's North, but you know what they're seeing a lot of because there's not, people aren't driving. So they're not, there's not a lot of accidents. I mean, you know, yeah, right. staggeringly we've cut down the, the, you know, usually I think I read where like 7,500 people die every day in the United States and just of other stuff and that car accidents and different things, right? Um, different diseases, whatever. But because people aren't on about, no one's getting hurt, getting, you know, doing it. What you're seeing, the biggest ER push is mental illness. Yeah, sure. People are completely freaked out by this. I think I saw a New York Times story too. Where I hate to, I hate to, hate to bring this up, but like domestic violence cases are way it's up. It's way up, and divorce lawyers are going to make a lot of money when this is over, because people are having to be forced to stay with each other and realize they don't like them. <laughs> they don't like each other. Their marriage does not work when they're both in the well, house. Well, this will be like to lighten the mood just slightly. I will tell the story now. So I'm talking <laughs> to you on the phone the other day. You and I are just we're talking, just shooting a bull about whatever, and all of a sudden. You're like in mid-sentence telling me some story, and, and you go, hold on one second. Like, what's the matter? And all I hear is, a, is that, you know, that the, the, the sound that every parent has ever heard where you just hear one child, and it's just, I see the winner, and then she, was, and then she, the, all I heard was, and then she, and then she, yeah. and, and yeah. all I heard you going is, okay, you, look, I, you need to go over there. She needs to go. And then you got on the phone and go, look, can I call you back? And I'm like, yeah, man, go ahead. But I, that well, sound that of crying and trying to talk at the same time. And then she, the, and then she. Right, right. Now, it's, uh, I got two little girls, and I love them. They're adorable. But um, honest to God, one, the youngest one, who's going to be eight, is, um, I don't know if you remember the old comedian, Lucille Ball. <laughs> But she would cry. She would open her mouth and she'd just go, and it was almost, it was like so exaggerated, like no one right. could possibly do that, right? Right. But that's how she did it. That's literally how my youngest one is about everything. I mean, if you look at her the wrong way, she's so sensitive. Not as the older one sort of stoked the fire. The like older stuff. one's got so much swag, you know what I mean? I mean, like Deion Sanders would, would not over swag her i mean she's just so confident and bossy you know what i mean right i don't know where she gets that from um <laughs> my wife perhaps but she she oh, I just was, <laughs> i wasn't thinking that one. Oh, i was <laughs> i was but, thinking you man <laughs> uh, no I'm not, i don't have that kind of swag if i had this kind of swag i'd be scott van pelt right now um uh, but <laughs> i'd be on the late show um or jimmy fallon or something right, but right. uh yeah, it's, you know, and every parent's going through this right now, except the ones like you are fortunate enough to have kids that are at least old enough to take care of their own business or they're, or they're living someplace else. Yeah, um, like, like that, New York City. I got one oh, in New York God. City. Yeah, talk about worry. <laughs> Calling him 12 times a day. Oh, You're not God. going out, are you? No, no. Right. No. no, literally don't go out. I'll slip, yeah, right. you know, food under the door. Um, yeah, that's the different kind of scary, and that's that's coming down the peak. And I got I got an older son, of course, but... Yeah, I think every parent right now, if you work from home, and we all are, and my wife is as well, is that they got you got the homeschool thing in the morning, um, which by the way, it's you know it's tough because they're they're pretty much done with everything by eleven thirty or twelve, and they're like, okay, what do we do now? And and you you could put on a striped shirt, 
you know, and referee all day. It's just, right. you know, and especially two little girls. So I've, you know, the whole take away the iPad, I've done everything I can think of. But when you're working, it's difficult. It's a, it's a real, it's a real kind of deal. And I think everyone's going through that. And the kids, they are really resilient. You know, like I tell them all the time, I said, you, you know, you're going to be in the history books. Like you're going to, you're going to have grandchildren ask you, Hey mommy, did you live through the, the coronavirus of 2020? Right. Yeah, we did. And we stayed home together for 35, 40 days. But I think for people out there um, that are, they're really struggling with this and look, not all of us have kids. Not all of us are, have partners, right? Some of right, us are sure. totally alone. And this is not the world any of us are used to. So you do need to reach out and talk to people and find a good book and try to find a new normal and get exercise and, and, and do all those things. See, but, and that's why I wonder, Rick, that if that if we get to a stage where things are somewhat feel like they're normal again, if yeah. people just won't go back to the old habits, including I'm going to go to the stadium. I'm going to go to the stadium. I'm going to well, watch I think my there'll team be an app. I think there'll be a real appetite for that. But what I was getting at is, I think there's going to be a psychological uh, wall. I, I think people are freaked out by this, and I, I think we will look at shaking hands, sitting next to somebody. Uh, you know, we've seen other cultures do this longer than us with the face masks. Um, you know, I, I just think there's going to be a lot of nervousness. I don't think restaurants are going to come back full full bore, even when they're allowed to. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know about movie theaters. I don't know well, about ball games. Are, I don't, I don't yeah, know about Gasparilla. I mean, we're going to have yeah. Gasparilla. Yeah, I just, you know I, mean, I mean, like, I don't where, know. where there's a crowd, how are we going to, you know, we used to think that the worst thing in the world could be a possible terrorist attack, and God knows that that could be it. But, um, but now it's germs, it's pandemic, right. it's all those things. The you know what we've just experienced is something that hasn't happened in a hundred years, right? And what George W. Bush <laughs> kind of talked about it, what, back in 2000, whatever, five, said, boy, yeah. the thing that could wipe us out could be a pandemic. That would be That's really. Right. But I just, you know, I again, I, I'm i curious as to, people have really seemed to have, have gotten on board with this stay at home, but it took a minute. And that's why I wonder if if once it, once everything eases up, whenever that is. We could forget. We, we could forget as a society, but then I think we could quickly. Here's the thing you don't want, I think, everybody that's having to go through this, is you don't want to be called back inside. Right. You know, like you get and there's, out there. I think, and every, a real fear of that, that we'll go through yeah, that, these sort that of that Here comes a second bloom, and you know what? I got to so, quarantine yeah. for two more weeks, right. you know, or this, you know, I think you're going to have hot zones. They have to track this, right? Like, you know, well, New York, uh, and that's going to affect sports, too. Let's say you play in New York. Right. Uh, or you got a is a team going to go in there and play in New York? I mean, you talked about the Stanley Cup. I think I do think they're going to end up in, in some arena in Duluth. You could know, be. could be. Um, let me let me throw let me throw another question out at you. Could I know like all of us are who are sports fans miss sports right now. Sure. For me, though, Rick, and I don't know how you feel about it, each day. It's getting a little bit easier to find something else to do at night when I'm done working, whether it's mm-hmm. watch a movie or read a book or listen to a podcast or whatever yeah. play a game um could this uh could this hurt sports at the end of all this will, will the appetite be greater than ever like people are like oh i can't wait for sports and i'm gonna watch everything now or could it be like eh, maybe i didn't miss it as maybe it's not as a priority as much as it used to be for it's me. a great not a good question it's a great question i i i don't know i don't know the answer either and I think it'll depend on the individual and what their experience was during this time. Like, I, I do believe that 
we have been so busy and, you know, uh, so not present physically or otherwise in our, in, in our lives that this little reset will change things. You know, I think business is going to change because people have realized you don't all have to be in the same office building paying rent, um, to have a meeting, um, travel, business travel, all that's going to change. But aside from that, I, I think there will be people that will realize, you know, I like Netflix better than I like the Rays against the Orioles, you know, at 7.30. Or even um, just to rearrange the priorities a little bit. Look, I, I, or I like want I'm spending very, time with my family. I'm like very I close with my family. Yeah, you're close with your family. I'm close with yeah. mine. I've had dinner with my wife and son, my youngest son. It's tremendous, isn't it? More the last two weeks than I bet you I did the previous six months. We have and dinner together every night now. And it's tremendous. It I, is. And I could see a scenario where your interest in the Rays or Lightning are increased, but that random Thursday night football game or yeah, you yeah. Know, the Sunday night baseball game that I watched before that I don't have a rooting interest in, maybe I don't anymore. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, where, where the teams I, I love, I, I, the teams I love, I have a, a better appreciation for. But the, so ratings the casual wise, games maybe. Um, although betting always changes that too. So betting changes that. But the other thing, Steve, is and and you bring up a really good point. I think that's true. But I also think, like right now, if you told me that the Memphis Grizzlies were playing the Miami Heat, a game that I normally would have no interest in, like if you put that on right now. Live. I'm like, oh, I might watch that for right right now. Live. But once it's back minutes. for a couple of weeks, yeah, or right, you know, yeah. at that point. Um, we you do know, have short I, I memories, though, in this yeah, country, don't yeah. we? Well, it depends. If if all the divorces are going through, you may not have a family to eat dinner with. <laughs> Jeez. But I, I do, got, th- I do no, think we'll see some changes. I, I do, Rick. I, th- I mean, maybe the whole shaking hands and. Um, well, that for sure. But I mean, I you could. It's a great point, Tom. Look, this could damage sports that we we haven't thought of ways it, it could potentially, you know, lessen the appetite. I would think it would increase it initially. Just because, you know, if, if I haven't had a steak in six months, I really would like to have a good steak. But it doesn't mean I want steak every night because I've learned to live without it. I'll be honest with you. My diet is much better than it was before coronavirus. I don't know how that's happened. I'm sure there are people that are – and I'm, I'm cooking out every night. I'm becoming grill king. But Same here. But I'm, I'm, I'm walking, getting, I'm walking every day. Exercise. I'm yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely. getting more exercise. I'm getting ready to go on TB12. I'm getting ready to eat the, you know, the um, quinoa and whatever the hell the, uh, you know, the avocado ice cream because I, I want to be, I want to be close, you know, spiritually to Tom Brady and see what this is all about. <laughs> so I'm gonna be You've ripped. Watched I'm the gonna, movie Ted like 17 times. Just to, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna be. It's gonna be. This is gonna be the my bed the best version of myself coming out of this coronavirus. <laughs> now I don't know what's gonna happen when they turn me loose. It could just be look out you know i might just lose my mind or something, you mentioned but. something the other day just to go back to be serious for one second rick is did you could see where like right now you are you have access we when i was a sports writer we'd have access to the locker rooms clubhouses and all that right maybe there's a scenario where those days are gone it's you know? over yeah. i'll tell you right now it's over i'll tell you why it's over there's it's two prong one um and this is the biggest reason they never wanted us in there in the first place right and look, I don't blame them. I mean, locker rooms are not, first of all, they're not places you should go because guys are changing and it's like, you know. Um, and then, and then uh, and it's also their domain. It's like their their house. You don't come to my house unless I invite you, you know. I mean, like yeah, people I don't mean, just knock on my door. Now, they, they understand the business of sports and they know that you're there to do a job and all that, and I get it. But what a great opportunity, and I mean opportunity, for them to – 
to one control the message because there is something you get by just being able to go up to a player when the when the scrum is over here talking to somebody else. And in yeah, the for journalists who say like, "Oh, I don't, I never care to be in the locker room." Well, I, I've said this before. Then you didn't know how to work a locker. Then you didn't know you didn't know how to ask the right questions. You don't right. go where the scrum is. You you go where there's not a scrum, and then you ask somebody quietly what really happened and get right. them in their emotional moment, and they tell you the truth, right. um, which is rare. And that's how you build relationships too, is being yeah. You, being you don't in the always room. talk about football. Sometimes you ask them how their kids doing or their you know their wife or whatever. Sure, um, like any other business, and so. The, the access is the thing, right? Access is what makes, gives you the opportunity for stories. And the more access, the better stories you can write, the closer you can get to that person personally and get to understand them and then relate that to the reader. But I think that, that leagues and teams will use this to control the message. Sure. And, and I think that they will, uh, not much different than the White House. And I'm not trying to be political about this, but like, you know, if I don't have press conferences, then, you know, now the president stands up there and does what he says what he wants to say, but you don't see those press briefings anymore, right? So I think what's going to happen be in, and, and maybe it's a good thing from when you initially. say you don't see those press briefings. I, I know what you're talking about, like pre-coronavirus, pre-coronavirus. Yeah, when they stopped they used having to have, Sarah Sanders yeah, when, or Stephanie Grisham you know, or whatever, Sean Spicer or whatever right, his yeah, name yeah. was. Um, but but now, just from a separation standpoint, we're not going into a locker room. Where you know there's sweat and drips, drops of whatever, and and you could step it on tape and yeah, and all that stuff. So now I think everybody's going to be at a podium. I think we're going to be removed six feet away and then six feet apart from each other, and you're going to get everything um, through a news conference. I believe, at least mm-hmm. initially. And if it and if it, if it happens, we're still going to write stories. We're still going to, you know, cover events. I think that'll be the come the norm. I, I don't know that we're ever going back in there again. I really don't. Yeah, no, and I, I think you're right about that. And I also think, yeah, and there'll be opportunities. I think you'll have occasions where you get a player one on one. Oh, sure. I think they'll try to make guys available sure. to you. They do now anyway. But you'll have to, you'll have to form those relationships in another way. Right. Um, maybe off the field. Maybe at their charitable things. Maybe you know what I mean. Like you'll just like any reporter, you try to go around things. Like you know. But um, but yeah, the business of sports is going to change, and I think I think we're going to pay for some things that we normally don't think about paying for, like pay per view in the NFL, perhaps to make up for the revenue in stadiums. I mean, I just don't know. Um, and then again, we we are a country of short memories. We really are. You know what I mean? We move on, and we learn from stuff, but then we move on. But who'd have thought that? You know, do you think anything when you go to an airport about walking through a metal detector anymore? Go, airport, go, go to a ba- to go to a baseball or, or game. An, or go a to the Trump. Go right. to Raymond James. Yeah. So eventually, you won't think anything of having your temperature taken, then, will you? No, and you won't think anything of maybe paying for to watch games or on paying TV. to watch an NFL game, right. right? So I just think you know that there's going to be great repercussions, and um, well, we don't know uh, what and they you're are. right about this, Rick. For as much as People are executives I'm talking about, whether it's television or sports leagues, as long, as much as they're sitting around thinking about, okay, how can we get how can we get back to playing sports again? There are just as many people or they're using just as much as their of their uh, bandwidth of their brain thinking, okay, how can we take advantage of this? <laughs> how can we make more money at Absolutely. the end of all this? And you're right when you talk about things like Let's build suites and let's streaming. charge more money. Let's do pay-per-view. Yeah. And, let's, and, and amenities, right. Right, right. I pay less for a stadium. It's easier to get one finance. I can have newer stuff. I can tear down the old one. 
Raymond James. Raymond right. James. Well, I look, if I'm the leagues too, I'm thinking, how can we rebuild these stadiums to to take our broadcast to another level? You know, and build sure. cameras in the in, cameras you know, everywhere, uh, create, microphones, yeah. surround sound, and inside all the huddle. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. I mean, I, they've experimented with some of the All Star games and things like that. Fascinating conversation. Wouldn't want to have it with anybody else. What's coming up on uh, Pointer.org other than the bad news in my business, which yeah. is about as long as my arm. Yeah, every day. There, uh, Kristen Hare, who works at Pointer.org, P-O-Y-N-T-E-R.org, she had a um, piece the other day, and she's collecting it, just adding to it every day of all it's the incredible. layoffs and furloughs. Mm, and yeah. So this idea that the media is is enjoying or or pushing this coronavirus, to no, trust me, no – there, there, I won't say no. There are a lot of businesses that are, that aren't affected quite like the media is. I mean, look, we're losing people. There are people in the media who have died, and they're yeah. out covering this stuff, and they're losing their jobs by the by the uh, by the boatload. Really, I mean, it's it's yeah. it's sad. So a lot of that, and uh, and also trying to find the good stuff too. I mean, there's some really good work being done out there, and hopefully, Rick, we can, you know, we can keep talking on the podcast about sports and what a sport's going to be like when they come back to the up till when they do come back. And then we'll talk about that, which will be well in the NFL. Like I said, the NFL is going to keep going. We'll be talking about the draft and the uniforms and, and you know, then Tom Brady's going to do a bunch of interviews uh, all over the place. We'll talk about that. I'm really fascinated. I could do next time. We'll talk, we'll talk more about Brady because I've learned a lot about him, even though he's not physically in front of us. Um, I know he's in St. Judersburg or whatever it was, but um, I tell you what, I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> uh, Tom Brady. I mean, he's a different dude now, and he's different than the guy that we that you saw in New England. Like he's feeling himself a little bit. So they got to play, man. I hope they play. <laughs> I, hope I mean, it's the worst, right? It, right? It's the biggest tease. Like everybody is still on edge about this because he's forty three. He doesn't have a year to take off, right? right? That's what I was thinking about the Rays the other day. If they shut down this, the MLB oh, season, it's tragic, which is possible, right? like Charlie Morton, Charlie Morton may have Charlie Morton last could be game, done. You know? yeah. What about what about the Lightning? How many more games is uh, you know oh, yeah. Steven Stamkos have in them, or Victor Hedman, or any of those guys? Who would have thought if I'd have told you before a year ago at this time? Yeah, that the Lightning might go three years without winning a playoff game. <laughs> <laughs> could happen. You're crazy, Tommy. Yeah, yeah, that's nuts. All right, Tom Jones, thanks so much for the last two shows, and uh, we will talk to you soon, my man. All right, good talking to you, fellas. Can you believe we just did Tom Jones back to back? I feel like I'm doing a radio show, only it's much later than 6 a.m. or whatever we used to get up at 3:45. Hey, uh, folks, if you could really help us out, you know these are tough times for everybody, including our business. And if you like all the Bucks, all the Tom Brady coverage, sports in general, or anything coronavirus related, we got a special deal for you. You can sign up now for a digital subscription to the Tampa Bay Times for just $3 for the next three months. That's right, $3 for the next three months, then $7.50 a month after that. You can't beat that deal. The code word is easy, TB12. That's right, TB12. Just uh, put that code in there, and you'll get the Times on TampaBay.com for $3 for the next three months. You can't not beat this deal. Tom Brady's interview is uh, later today at noon on Sirius with Howard Stern. Got to look forward to that. And we'll begin to turn our attention to the NFL draft as general manager Jason Light will have a call with reporters who cover the team on Thursday. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.